0: Hello ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. Alright, let's get a few housekeeping things out of the way real quick. Uh, If you're listening to the show, you may not be subscribed. Go back and hit that subscribe button. Also, leave a a rating and review. It really helps the podcast a lot. And uh, go tell a friend. It helps grow this thing. Uh, I really appreciate everybody out there listening all over the country, all over the world. Every time I look at the stats and see where the podcast is, I'm always just so taken back and uh I am extremely grateful for everybody that tunes in. It really does mean the world to me. I started this thing with the, you know, the hopes that people would listen, but You just never know, man. You just never know. So I want to share a review with you guys that um, just came in, looks like, on Monday. And this is from Art Aficionado, underscore aficionado. It says, Adam does a great job keeping things interesting and moving, great topics and discussion. Hey, man, I really appreciate uh, you leaving that review. If you guys could also go over and leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts. If you're on Well, I guess if you're listening on this, you're probably not listening on YouTube. But uh, anything that you're listening on, uh, if you can like or leave a review on that platform, please do so. It really helps out. Thank you very, very much. All right. This episode is brought to you by my friends over at Jumbo Superfoods. And I have some really exciting news with them. I've been doing some affiliate marketing with them for quite some time now. They are officially a sponsor of the Outside Perspective podcast. I'm so happy to have them on the team. They are phenomenal. I've been using their products for quite some time now, and I think you guys will enjoy them as well. So, what are you having issues with? Is it a minor bump and bruise? Is it something a little bit more long-term and chronic as far as the pain is concerned? Are you dealing with? In- with issues stemming from chronic inflammation? Are you having some mood issues? Are you having issues sleeping? What's your problem? CBD may be a solution for you. It is an adaptogen. What does that mean? It means it helps put the body into homeostasis. We have an endocannabinoid system already built into us, it is designed for this particular compound and many other compounds within the cannabis plant but CBD cannabidol specifically has been shown to have a ton of health benefits again it is an anti-inflammatory it does help with, it does have some mood regulation benefits i use jumbo superfoods muscle bomb on a daily basis. I put it on my fingers, I put it on my elbows, just anything that's sore. After a long day of training, I do that before bed. It's a part of my recovery protocol. You can go over to jombocbd.com. You can check out all of their products. They have uh, sprays and balms and uh, ghee that you can put in your coffee or cook with. Tons and tons of products and they're all phenomenal. I think you guys are going to get a lot of great benefits from them so go over to jombocbd.com use the code outside at checkout and you will save 20% off your entire order so one more time for you guys go over to jombocbd.com you can use the code outside o-u-t-s-i-d-e use that code at checkout and you will save 20% off your entire order all right, now to my guest for the day. I sit down with Jeremy Janine. He is a trainer here in the St. Louis area, and he has found the perfect little blend of fitness and humor. And uh, I really enjoyed his social. Um, I, I first became aware of Jeremy uh, through social media, through Instagram and Facebook, and we actually have uh, some mutual friends. He actually came into my gym uh, where I trained, Saint Charles MMA, and uh, I wasn't there that day. I think he actually came to an MMA practice. And for the listeners, for you guys, I don't trade MMA anymore, so I pro- <laughs> the chances of me catching him at that time were pretty slim. Uh, but it was really cool to catch, uh, to sit down, and uh, and and learn about his journey and uh, just what he has going on he has this fucking awesome gym and uh you walk in it's not anything uh spectacular as far as the equipment that's in there but the space that he chose to open a gym in is fucking unique man and we talk about that right off the jump so without further ado here's my guest jeremy Janine. Jeremy Janine. <laughs> Jeremy Janine.
1: Coming at you live or recorded and coming at you later. Kind of live.
0: Kind of live. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah, dude. Let's, um, let's address the elephant in the room, which is the room that we're in. Oh, hey. <laughs> All right. Yeah, man. What made you buy a church? Did you buy. You, you bought this place, I, I imagine. Lease I least it. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. What made you choose a church? I was
1: looking around downtown and central west end, looking at different properties that would be potential ideal spots for a gym. Yeah. And I wanted something that was close enough to the main. Um, population yeah. without being too pulled away, but also be a decent price. And then when I looked at price per square footage and everything, I narrowed it down to two spots. And there was actually another spot that was like twice the size of this place. Yeah. And I was almost able to get it for the same price. And I got so close on the g- negotiations, the last second they pulled out the deal. Oh. And so then I went for spot number two, which was this. And that's why we are here.
0: It's legit though. So yeah. you have the whole building? Uh, no, Because so I know there's another building back here.
1: What you see right here is the whole thing. So it's 3,000 okay. square feet. We got bathrooms in the back, and then if you walk out that exit door over there, yeah, on the other side of it, and behind that giant wall there, all of that is apartment complexes.
0: Oh, that's all. So apartment. you got
1: they've got like some nice higher end apartments that have like certain features that were already at the cathedral, like the yeah. stained glass windows and the you know the castle um, steeple and all that. Yeah. Uh, so they get. I bet you some of these are pretty some some pretty crazy apartments
0: i would imagine so dude um it's amazing what you can kind of turn any space into you right know I mean? with the right uh just creativity and the right, right mindset um this place is awesome dude i mean you got your rig right here in the middle and it, i imagine it just has everything that you need yeah it's like i'm on a mission from god Dude, your Instagram is one of the funniest things. Oh, thanks. Um, what made you change? So, is is the new, is the gym's new name officially Jehovah's Fitness or? Okay, so um, help me out.
1: Kind of. Um, I'm actually going to be launching a speaking, public speaking, and going around the nation and talking and stuff. Okay. So um, I wanted something really catchy that when I tell people the name, it's not just going to blend in with all the other names out there. Hence right. the name Jehovah's Fitness, where we can save your swole. Save your swole. This is it. Um, so, yeah, that's our, I guess, going to be our tagline. It's like Jehovah's Fitness. We can save your swole.
0: Yeah, dude. And you just, uh, just prayed to we go door uh, to door. We teach Jesus. people that, yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to slam doors on you then. Yeah, well, so, they might. Yeah, yeah. So now it's like a real catchy
1: name. Um, I don't really actually advertise locally like that. Yeah. Um, because, you know. It's a very religious community. Um. Yeah, and so I actually thought I would get a lot of religious pushback from the name alone. Yeah, I would expect that. Uh, but I've gotten none. And so I was actually kind of hoping for, I was hoping that like at least somebody out there would just be crazy and be out there with like picketing and whatever. And then I'd call the news and tell them to cover like that these people are going crazy and yeah. then uh, the news would come and then I have a big cut story p- yeah, man. just for free marketing.
0: Yeah, dude. No, I mean, all PR is good PR.
1: Right. And I actually checked with a bunch of my friends that are pastors first and I checked with the name and I asked them what they thought and, um, they told me they didn't think anything wrong with it. But then I, uh, you know, there's always somebody
0: that's going to find something wrong with it yeah I mean, yeah, I mean somebody will always have an issue, right can't make everybody happy,
1: yeah so um you know it's it's i think anything you do you're not you're gonna piss
0: someone off, yeah, and like worse than pissing someone off is going unnoticed, absolutely. One hundred percent. Because if you're being on your, your authentic self. Right. I mean not everybody's gonna like that. Right. Yeah. And you're very much so that you uh you posted that uh that clip where I don't know if it was like a musically that you did it on or something oh, yeah, yeah. beforehand, but with the Buster Rhymes. Right, the- right. <laughs> um yeah, so that was uh what
1: was that? TikTok. That's the new that's the new fun app. I like those apps like a lot of these apps are, you know, they're, they're out for a second and then they're gone. Yeah. But if they provide a lot of value to your video editing, for those of you guys who are like social media savvy and you're trying to grow your social media, um, even though some, a lot of these apps are really silly, like you do see people that utilize it to garnish, uh, garner a huge media following. You really can. And so if you're just clever, crafty, and then you use what's already out there, you're basically taking something. I mean, I see people doing the same jokes that I've seen since like the – 80s, I guess.
0: Yeah. And But they bust them out on these new apps, and it's gold because nobody's seen it on that app before. That is true. I mean, I wonder how many people do that. Like they oh, had, yeah. You know, they had all this material, and then as social media became bigger, they just recycled it all. Right. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh,
1: the smart people do that. Yeah. The smart people do that, and they will recycle it and rewrite it and repost it on every single platform because the information's already there yeah so then it's a simple matter of editing it to meet the platform needs yeah so if you've already got the video whatever it is you make then yeah it'd be crazy not to
0: right 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 now you have this unique blend of you know fitness and comedy like um take me back a little bit what uh like walk me through kind of uh your experience, and, like your past as far as like fitness is concerned, have you always been an athlete i mean you, we, we talked a little bit beforehand, you mentioned you wrestled in high school, i believe
1: yeah, um so i was uh I was not a good athlete, like I was the worst athlete. I was like terrible, yeah, um so like when i I started off in judo when I was twelve, okay, and um I like you know got my ass kicked a lot. Uh, And that's why I started in judo to like tough toughen me up, you know, and then uh, from judo, I transferred over to uh, wrestling. Right. And so wrestling, I was like the worst guy on the team. and Like, you know, they got strings like first, second, third. Well, they had to pencil in like two more strings. Like when then mine was the second that they penciled in, it was like I was like fifth string, which wasn't even an actual string. Yeah. You know, like whoever made the charts, they were like, there's no one that's going to be that bad. We'll need to have five strings. We'll just go with three.
0: Yeah. But At my school, wrong. they just put they just called that C team. Oh, C team? Yeah, they had that's nice. JV, varsity, C team. <laughs> <laughs> so is that you, nobody knows how bad they are. They're just all equally bad. Yeah, you're just all it's equally like nice bad
1: or uh, you're a freshman usually. <laughs> <laughs> a C, a C, a uh, man. See, whoa, that whoa. was weird. Seaman? Seaman. You're a C-team, not a freshman, a
0: C-teamer. C, yeah, you're a C-teamer. I'm a hardcore C-teamer. That's I'm cool. Think about th- sticking with it. C-team for life. Throw it up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you wrestled through all the way through high yeah. school. Okay, um... So, I wrestled, I wrestled through high
1: school. Yeah. And uh, like I said, it was terrible at the beginning, but I yeah. just stuck to it. And I made myself work uh, above and beyond what everybody else did. Okay. Um, and so, I've always been someone that I put in the work in the offseason. I put in the work. And then whenever somebody's, you know, whenever the rest of the team's like going in to shower up, I go in and I put in that extra time in the weight room. Okay. Um, and so, that's just something that I've always done. And because I've always been like that, I went from being probably the most piss poor athlete to being, you know, uh, featured in the news repeatedly and dominated tournaments tournaments stuff like that nice. um and it all just stemmed literally just from being somebody that grounded out so like my freshman year i really shouldn't have even wrestled but the first string guy he got like a shoulder hurt the second string guy um i think he got suspended for like smoking and drinking mom and what up <laughs> uh then the third string guy was like dude fuck this i quit you know yeah can we swear i don't know if we're gonna yeah somewhere. all you want dude. all right all you so want We'll just talk then um so the third guy was like i'm out And then uh, that left uh, me. And so I was the fourth string at the time because I had moved up a whole string represent. Uh, moved up one string, so I'm four string. But then everybody literally got just sacked in front of me, so I'm now in first string. Right? You're the fucking man, dude. I, yeah, the man by forfeit. Totally killing it. <sighs> I mean, yeah. So, so I'm, ter- you know, I'm just, I'm super pumped that I get any chance to wrestle. and Then I just that, um, you know, that desire of wanting to do it and just wanting to succeed. And then I'm fortunate. Like, there's, um, you ever heard this? There's like three types of athletes, right? There's, um. There's an A-level athlete. A-level athlete is somebody that is focused on self-development, and so they don't care as much about the winning and losing. Like everyone wants to win, you know. Yeah. But they develop uh, they develop their skills, and that's their bigger biggest focal point. They're like the easiest to train because if you're a good coach, they'll stay with you because they keep seeing skill development. Yeah. Right? Okay. And so that's how I was. And so I'm not even a great athlete. I'm just total type A athlete where I will push myself and just build and build and build. And as long as I build a skill, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, And then there's like your B level, which is um, those are the people that think that winning or losing is like an eight. Like it's something inside that you have beforehand. It doesn't really matter if you practice or not. You just have the skill or they don't have the skill. Yeah. And they don't see or don't see as clearly the relative value of putting in the work to
0: get the result. Would that be more like a natural athlete? Like a
1: natural athlete. Terrible work ethic. Right, so like, and you see that more in um, high school level, Yeah, you tend to not see it as much in college, because usually the people that are like that start to get weeded out by like junior, oh, yeah. senior year. Definitely. And so the people that aren't putting in that extra work, they just don't progress. Right. So then by like junior, senior year, most of the A-level athletes have converted to the third type, which is a C-level athlete. A C-level athlete is somebody that's not focused on winning or losing. They're not focused on um, skill development. They're focused on loss avoidance. Oh, yeah, you're just a loser at that point. Pretty much.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can remember. I mean, I wrestled all through high school, and uh, I can remember my coach very specifically saying you should always wrestle to win. You shouldn't right. wrestle to not lose.
1: Because yeah.
0: if you're wrestling to not lose, then you're going to lose. Yeah. Or, like, you'll get, like, a point ahead, right. and then you're just coasting. Yeah, and then, yeah. Pff, that's never Like, good. be aggressive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Always trying to go for the win. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the winning part just kind of innate, right? Like, I mean, why else are you competing unless you're trying to win?
1: Oh Yeah, I I think so. I think for the most part. I think unless um, there's some people out there, I think they start to lose that or maybe you can get intimidated. And like you said, start to revert back to like not losing or not make a mistake. And it's just so much harder to be dominant or be successful with that mentality. With which mentality? That I'm not trying. I can't lose your like loss avoidance versus actually focus on skill development or even focus on winning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You can't really focus on the win. I, you know, whenever you step into a, a competition, right? I mean, you always want to win, right. right? But it's definitely not the end all be all by any stretch right. of the imagination. I'm kind of to the point to where I've competed for so long. So I fought MMA for a decade. Right. A number of those years were at professional level. And I mean, I've been just in athletics like my whole life. Yeah. I'm really to the point now to where I just really like to train and Get better. You're talking about just getting better at your skill, and I right. really like to push myself. Right, but I'm so over the aspect of like feeling I need to prove anything or I need to go sure. compete to go be better than somebody else.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think early on in like every martial artist's career, there's that desire to like prove yourself. Yeah, you know, and I got ego. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's weird because now, like, I don't feel the need to prove myself, but I definitely like to compete from the mere like. From for if for no, no other reason than just from the fact that when you have competitions set up throughout your year, whether that be marathon races or yeah. half marathons or 5ks or um tough mutters, yeah, or um, let's say what else, what else is there out there? There's obstacle races, yeah, there's
0: obstacle courses, uh, whatever your
1: competition, it might be a wrestling match, it might rocking, be your, swimming, yeah. yeah, name it, you name it. You will train that much harder um if you set out an event and then train for that event. So you're pushing yourself for that thing. Right, right. Yeah. Now you
0: have a hard deadline. You're working towards something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like that. I'm really kind of uh transitioning more into like just individual things. Like I'm gonna do a marathon in December. Uh it's gonna be a trail. I can't remember what it's called, but it's gonna be I like trail running much better than I like street running. Oh yeah, it's so, a lot more yeah, fun. Yeah, so it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a trail. And um, I just like that, just to push myself—that yeah. internal drive. It's like, sure. all right, man, like, let's, let's go faster, let's go faster. Or right, just you know, keep this pace. Just don't stop your feet running. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Don't stop your feet. One foot in front of the other. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Well, uh, it's
1: man. It's funny you say that because like. That's one thing. There's two things that I look for when I see people training, and one is, like, the try on their face. But then, two, when I ask them what they're thinking, like, having that mentality where you're like, all right, next foot, keep going, keep moving your feet. Like, whatever it is, that internal dialogue is so important just on whatever it is you're doing, whether it's marathon or whatever.
0: Yeah, a lot of times whenever I would be doing cardio, getting ready for a fight, I would just tell myself, fresh legs, fresh lungs. Fresh legs, fresh lungs. I would just say that over and over, cause like it sucks, dude, doing that. Lungs start burning. Yeah. T- the, uh, feet get all, uh, or your legs get all tired and yep. stuff like that. So, yeah, those little mantras are important. Do you have oh, any yeah. mantras that you like to use, or? Uh, I
1: wouldn't say a mantra, but I get I've got pretty positive self dialogue. You know. Yeah, you're good at that. I think so. I think that's like one of my better. uh, If if I've got anything that I would say is like a gift, I've got like this undying positive attitude for the most part. I I shouldn't. I'm not like a. I'm very confident, yeah. And I try to not be overconfident, but that's hard to do. But um, you know, if you're like a positive person, things in your mind never go wrong, which can be your detriment as well as like a blessing. Yeah. Um, and I don't have. I wouldn't say a set mantra, but I definitely am really good at mentally pushing myself yeah. and visualizing like how
0: and why I need to push myself like that kind of thing yeah yeah I'm very positive but I have terrible self-talk it's oh yeah like, it's like well I'm just really hard on myself oh okay I'm like Adam get the fucking together, dude like you're slacking you're slacking I always tell myself I'm slacking like do more do more do yeah. more so, I don't think that's negative that's kind of negative but I mean I think, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't ever celebrate wins. Oh, yeah? Yeah, no, that's not good. Yeah, it's not. It's like, oh, all right, next thing. It's like I was always taught that uh, if you do what you're supposed to do, you just you yeah. expect to win. Yeah, yeah. So don't go celebrating in the end zone, if you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you, you did what you're supposed to do. Right. Now get back in there and fucking go back to work. Right. Yeah. So I've just always kept that mentality. But it's important to celebrate the wins. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And stay positive. Yeah, even if it's a little bit like something. Yeah, anything. Um, so, what did did you place or anything in high school, or like, what was it? I went to state,
1: went didn't state. place. Um, but like, from the fact, like for me personally, just going from being so absolutely abysmal poor, like to go to be in getting to go to state like that was a big deal
0: absolutely you know absolutely everybody's marker is totally different you sure. started as a freshman uh huh yeah yeah so started, I, I did so as well so like starting as a freshman and uh, even just making varsity like that, right. that feels fantastic right and then you make it to state uh, man dude that's just so huge for so many people yeah and you're in Illinois right right that's a hard state to oh yeah yeah in. they had at the time it's crazy now they got all these different categories I think they have two classes now
1: yeah is it just two I think it's just two in, in Illinois but it used to be just one, right? No, well what I thought it was more than two, but whatever. I don't I don't, I don't even follow the I don't know I'd have follow to follow the divisions and all that. When I was I'm in it, there they were two me. and it was like the two levels were uh five A, three A. Five A was like top league. That was like uh you basically compete with Chicago teams and stuff. Okay. And then three A was like your farm teams where it was like uh schools of I think I don't know what the limit is. It's probably somewhere around, like, 800 or something and less.
0: Okay, okay. Which one were you guys? I was 5A. 5A? Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's some stiff competition. Dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, post-school, I mean, what, what were uh, where did you transition as far as, like, athletics and whatnot? Um, so, after high school, I I joined the Marine Corps. So,
1: I was in the Marine Corps, and I got, uh you know, there's nothing to do. And I was in uh, 29 Palms. There's, like, nothing to do there. So, for the, like – I spent all my time in the military lifting, and then when I got out, um, I just wanted to get, you know, continue to stay in lifting and fitness. I just loved doing it. You yeah. Know? Um, so then I started coaching as soon as I got out, and um, I was, you know, just driven to get back into, I think, coaching because I felt like wrestling for me, like it gave me a lot. It kept me out of trouble. Like I got kicked out of high school, you know, oh, really? going through high school. Fighting. Um no, 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 I, like, um, it was a practical joke and it went terribly wrong. <laughs> Please do tell. Oh, okay, all right. Well, um, <laughs> so we broke into the high school, right? Okay. We break into high school, we steal the PA microphone, we steal the PA microphone, take off the PA micro- microphone, that was like the whole prank, right? Uh-huh. We just take the microphone. Just take it. But then the following Monday, right, this guy is having a quiz that he wants to get out of and so ra- there's a random occurrence, like nothing to do with us at all. <laughs> Random occurrence, this guy calls in a bomb threat to the police department oh, right, shit. for the school. So uh, cop, the cops show up, and they're, you know, there's a bomb, and I mean, it's a serious thing. So yeah. they're, um, the first thing you want to do is connect with all the students, tell them to get to a safe space or whatever it is your, your plan of um, execution is. Right. So uh, they go to announce to everybody, and the microphone's gone. And so it made something that probably wasn't as big of a deal to a much bigger deal. And I ended up getting kicked out of
0: school. Oh, shit. Right, yeah. Right.
1: Um, but it was like, um, you know, it was something that it would suck going through, but, it, you know, it's not a big deal. And it's in the long yeah. run not going to be the end of the world. And, um, So I went, you know, went straight back and just I uh, hammered the books and stuck it out and then uh, stayed involved with the wrestling, which was, you know, super important for me. But like I said, that's I still got kicked out of school, but whatever level I would have been without wrestling, it would have been like 10 times worse. So I don't know what level that would have been, but it would have been a lot worse off. So um, by the time I had graduated, you know, I was really appreciative to my coaches because, you know, those guys don't make anything. They make like oh, yeah. nothing to maybe max 6000 I mean, sure, there's coaches out there making millions that are high school coaches, but the mass majority of those guys make top 6000 Yeah, they're year. not
0: making a lot, and they're
1: putting in a ton of time. Oh, a ton of time. I actually asked the coach what was the number that he came up with. I asked him how much he was making, and he said, once I finally calculated all the hours, all the time, everything he was making like $0.10 cents an hour.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if you consider, you know, the weekend tournaments and all the driving yeah, and practicing. talking to parents, mm-hmm. going, yeah, there's a ton of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: But yeah, so, you know, I, I appreciated all the work they did and I wanted to make sure that I gave back to kids that were in the program after uh-huh. I got out. Yeah. So I went back and I coached and I coached for about um, five years or so. Uh, I'd stayed coaching while I was in the Marine Corps. And then when, um, when I got out and I started coaching, I did it five years for free as a wrestling coach, right? Mm-hmm. And I focused more on Greco style because that's like a, one of my specialties. It's Greco. Mm-hmm. And then I moved into um, a paid coaching position. And so then I got a paid coaching position and I actually, um, I started off as just like a wrestling and submission coach. And then uh, they eventually just had me running like a full MMA program. So I was running the whole program as well as um, competing around, you know, I had like 15 pro fights, um in the uh you
0: know local area illinois missouri and uh louisiana so when was this what was this time frame i don't when did you graduate high school i don't so i graduated in 99 okay i i give up trying to guess people's fucking like ages because yeah. you look i mean if you take care of yourself right you look right. you tend to look way younger. oh yeah yeah i'm 37 or, i'm 38 monday yeah oh happy birthday boom boom baby what are you gonna do um, nothing and I'm
1: working like I got so many projects I'm working on. Yeah. If I just stay working, like if I can get a lot of work done this weekend, that'll be like the best because I've got like the stuff I'm shooting for is so big that it supersedes any kind of el- anything else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: I mean the work is so important. I, right.
0: I and if if you are really doing something that you find purposeful and you're passionate yeah. about, it's I man like I'm 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 usually excited for the weekends. Like right. usually like my Friday is it feels like a Monday. Like I'm just I'm fucking rocking and rolling sure. all, all through the weekend, you know yeah. what I mean? Um So, 99, and then you were in the Marine Corps for four or five years? No, I was in for one year. One year in the Marine Corps? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, so I got out of the Marine Corps early, and uh, it was not my cup of tea. I just didn't feel it, and I was with some guys. I feel like, uh, you know, they weren't the best dudes, and it, it was a it was a tough thing for me to deal with because I'm like you know you're in this group of people and a lot of them are awesome guys and they will literally die for you yeah you know and then you've also got this other element of like the absolute worst percentage of people that you could possibly meet yeah so you've got this you huge head yeah you've got this huge like. Um, I guess uh, spread of guys that are top-notch and the best guys you'll ever deal with to like the guys that are the biggest shitbags you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, And I had a huge problem with that and um, I think uh, I definitely let it get to me but then I think most like mostly my biggest problem was like going if I had to choose between like going overseas and these dudes are talking about like raping chicks and blah 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 crazy stuff shit. um, I'm probably going to be the guy who ends up putting a bullet in one of them and I don't want to be that guy. So um, I got I ended up getting out out and it was a tough decision, but it's one that I made and made full force and all my devil dog brothers out there, like I'm not putting down the Marine Corps at all but um you know i have a lot of respect for everybody in, that gives up to the to the armed forces and gives up their life as well as gives up sacrifices their time for their country um but it just at that time for me and who i was around it
0: definitely was not what i was looking for yeah and you're a young kid at that time right oh yeah, yeah i mean fuck dude, hindsight's always 2020 20, right but I mean, oh, yeah. you're 18 19 however you um, were was uh at the time i was probably like 19 or 20 yeah so and then you're there's just a ton of different things to take into account. And, oh, yeah. yeah. and you're dealing with, with certain people. Dude, it's amazing some of the people that get into the military. I think, oh, I, was, yeah. I think I was watching, I don't know, some show or some shit, but they're talking about how, like, gang members, like, get into the military, and then, like, once they get out, then they'll go back to their gangs and start oh, teaching yeah. them that shit. and
1: Dude, and it's, um, you know, that I think was part of the reason that, like, I wanted to do it is because it does separate you from, like, your personal life, yes. you know? Yes. And so the tough thing, like you're saying, is that when you go back, if you go back to the exact same stupid shit that you're doing, like what difference – what was the point of going in? Right. And so some guys, you know, some guys definitely fall back in exact same patterns. You know, they get out, they don't have a purpose, and that's the biggest thing is when they get out. And even when I got out, I didn't feel like I had a purpose, and that's one of the reasons I started coaching wrestling is because I felt like it gave me a solid purpose. Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah, so I think – uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of tough, uh, tough guys in it. And I think that, uh, I think overall it's awesome.
0: Yeah, I do too. I agree. I was just in the volume here. Um, oh, I had a thought there, dude, I had a thought. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. I almost joined the military. Yeah. I, uh, I was going to join the the navy and mm-hmm. then i wanted to uh, i wanted to be a, a navy seal oh yeah and just like jump out of airplanes like, yeah. in the dark and go kill bad guys and shit yeah and then i got divorced and i was like man it's just not the move because i have two kids yeah so i said all right well i can join the, the navy and try to be a navy seal or right. i can be a dad and i just decided to be a dad like dad i think is probably way tougher way way, t- <laughs> way, way tougher well i asked myself i go which one would i regret if i didn't do I definitely regret being a bad dad as opposed oh, yeah. to uh I
1: think it's a good, you know, if yeah. you had to make that choice. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So you fought for how many years? Um, I fought for about four years. Four years. Mm-hmm. And you uh was it was it MMA, yeah, I fought, boxing? Fought MMA. And so um I
1: started competing when I was twenty-five. I had it man, it was crazy. I had um I had actually been trying to get onto a fight league that I didn't, I didn't know anybody in the Fight League. Uh-huh. And the gym I coached out of was called uh, Family Fitness and Martial Arts. Okay. Right? So it doesn't exactly strike fear into my enemies. Is that right? Alton? Uh, No, that was downtown in Belvo. Okay. Right? So um, I went there, and uh, that's where I coached out of. And uh, I signed up for a fight that I had been trying to get on a fight card for like a year and a half, but yeah. I didn't train out of – like I didn't train out of any of the big MMA gyms. Um, so I think if you didn't train out of one of the MMA gyms, they didn't really take you that seriously. Mm-hmm. So I was I was pretty um, pretty set on it. So I had called repeatedly for a year and a half, never got any calls back about being on a show. Because uh-huh. I'm sure those guys get lots of random calls from dudes All talking, "Oh man, I want to fight," and then you know they never, and then the day comes around and they get, you know, get, "Oh man, I hurt my pinky," or There's like, a lot of tough pulled. guys out there. Yeah, I like strained my back training. It's like, oh, I'm sure the first day you train probably. Yeah, you know. Uh, so I'm talking to, um, I'm talking, to, I'm trying to get on this, this league and I'm not talking to anybody. I'm, I'm trying to get on this league. And me and my buddy were at uh, show me's, my buddy, John Courtney. And he sees this thing hanging up on uh, he sees a sign hanging up. And he's like, Hey man, why don't you go do that submission fighting? And I was like, dude, I've been trying to get a hold of these guys for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So random case, random chance. The girl working the bar, he knows her, and her husband is the guy putting on the fight organization or putting on the fights. So I, you know, talk to her. She gets fights set up for him, and he calls me. We get everything set up. And two weeks before the fight, my first pro fight, my first fight ever, because it was like at that time, they asked you, they would just ask you, are you a pro or an amateur? And I was like, you know, what's the difference? They're like, well, pros make like, they make 600 bucks a fight. And I was like, well, that's crazy because I'm a pro. (laughs) like funny coincidence yeah it's great it's so so wild so as my first fight my first pro fight my first fight ever first pro fight um at this point in time now including wrestling and judo I've been doing martial arts for 13 years you know and I've taken um what probably we would call like real low end striking so I didn't really have a lot of skill and I was just starting to get into the striking game yeah um, but I thought I had skill because I didn't know better, you know, so it's like right. I had real weak, real weak uh, punches, real weak kicks. And, um, it, you know, and I shouldn't say weak. I mean, I should say like uh, an athlete punches and athlete kicks, which I think that's a, an important an important thing to differentiate because if you are um, an athlete you can generate power yeah but if you were an athlete and you know how to do the technical side which is the actual application of the fight yes uh the actual fighting application you have the power plus the technique technique is everything and so it's like just having power you'll still knock people out but if you've got the power and the technique you're just going to be more fluid you're going to be able to apply it better you're going to be able to
0: apply the power more efficiently yeah well and also without the technique. You uh, you're you're almost capped at your yeah. potential. You know what I mean? Because sure. you're going to go against somebody who you might hit harder than or right. be stronger than, but they're just going to piece you up. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean, they'll just pick you apart and they'll analyze
1: you know analyze your game, and then once they get up a game plan or they already have one, they'll just pick you to pieces. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. And I've I've seen it time and time again, which I'm sure you have as well. Yeah. So. Um, so you didn't have much striking, and yeah. you had judo, and you had yeah, wrestling. Yeah.
1: So, I'm, yeah, so I'm trying to get a fight started, and so I finally get it started two weeks before the fight. I'm playing football, and I end up breaking my leg in a football game, like a uh, spiral fracture of the fibula. I was It was like a really rough, brutal game, and I was literally throwing a guy like through the air, and I was on solid ground, which I've done it thousands of times on a mat, but never done it on hard ground. Right? Yeah. So I'm throwing this guy. I hear a crackle sound come from my leg. Uh-huh. My leg breaks. I've got two weeks before the fight. I'm like, uh, you know, pretty, pretty bummed out because I've been trying to get on this card for a year and a half. It's finally going to happen, and then this. Yeah. So I wasn't sure that my leg was broken because I hadn't had a lot of broken bones at this point in time, um, and so I, you know, I'm trying to play it off. And I call a guy. I'm hey man, I like, screwed up my ankle, but I think I'll be okay. We'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. Get the X-ray. Definitely a break. Um, and so my, in my mind, I'm coming to two, like, it's a big decision here. It's like one, I can be like, Hey man, I broke my leg. And he's going to be like, this guy's full of shit. Yeah. And he's going to put me in the category of all these other guys that have tried to get on the show and told yeah. them they're going to fight and then canceled. Right. I was like, or I can, um, just go out there, fight. I'm probably getting the shit beat out of me. I'm probably getting my ass kicked, but this guy will know I'm serious. And then that'll at least get me more fights. Yeah. So, um, I went ahead uh, you know, because at the and at that time, I don't think there were a lot of fight cards in the area. No. It was like 05. Yeah. you know. So it's nope. like if you pissed off a promoter, you're screwed, and you might not ever. You know, they might if they really piss you off, or if you really piss them off that bad, they're not going to let you fight, um, or uh,
0: they'll give you like the worst fight matchups. Yeah, that's definitely um, you know like the earlier days of oh, yeah. you know MMA in the in the area for right. sure. You know what I mean? So there weren't very many yeah. promotions at all.
1: Yeah, so it was like oh five oh six, and I think um, I mean sh- there was still there was just a. You know, Pride's still going on. UFC's still just now getting known. You yeah, know. yeah,
0: that's whenever, you know, the Ultimate Fighter was really kicking off. I think off.
1: 02 was Ultimate Fighter. Is that right?
0: Um, I, think was it was later? A, I think it was a little bit later than that. I graduated in 2006. So I think the Ultimate Fighter is probably like 0-4 or, okay. or something like that, maybe 0-3. Okay. I, so I could be wrong. So whatever
1: the Ultimate Fighter was pretty much the set-off point for MMA where people, it became more of a staple name and a more uh, name brand. Yeah. Um, and so when that started happening, people started looking less at the submission fighting as some kind of like nut job thing that crazy people do and yeah. into an actual sport.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, And it's still in people's minds. Some people still think it's a nut job thing, which I think
0: it kind of is to an extent. A little bit, man. Uh, Fuck, dude. I did it for so long, and I don't know if I would do it again. Yeah? Um, I really enjoyed it. Well, man, I I guess I shouldn't say that because it was so awesome. I got a lot of skills from it. Yeah. But I do worry about my brain a lot. I didn't take a ton of punishment, and I'm always taking – like precautions to just heal my brain at all right. times, but still, it's just so hard on the brain.
1: Oh yeah, um, I didn't really believe in any of that until you know, like, within the last couple of years. But uh, you know, people would be like, "Oh, a concussion," they. But you didn't really, you know, at the time, I had no. There was no relevant point. There was no like, gray matter in your brain or brain clouding or whatever getting uh, repeated blunt trauma. Yeah, because I think at the time people were just like, "Yeah, this is way safer than boxing." Yeah, But that's not really a good, like, comparison. It's not, although it is safer than boxing. (laughs) I agree. I still say that because... Well, hold on. It's kind of safer than boxing because I think that you're more likely to get a small injury in MMA than you are in boxing, right? Because there's more things. You can, like, get a finger broke. You can get, like, ribs cracked, but you can't in... um you can in uh, boxing too. Yeah, but I just feel like there's a higher chance of getting cut, getting split, getting lacerations, um, getting tiny breaks because uh-huh. you're hitting like you know you're hitting knee on body, you're hitting shin on body. Yeah. So like you know you can't really take a, a you can't you're taking padded punches, which I think from the brain standpoint is dangerous, which is more the um, dangerous side of the fighting arts is the fact that you're taking repetitive blunt trauma to the head. Right. Which is why football so uh, so uh, bad because you're literally going almost Head to head with someone, every time you yeah. come into um, a, a, a hike. But with the uh, boxing, you know, from the brain trauma still, you're taking a lot of punishment. But then when you get to the MMA side, you're not going to, I don't think, take as much damage from repetitive blunt trauma.
0: But I think there's a higher risk of, like I said, minor injuries. Yeah, there's definitely that potential. I always just tell people you have more ways to defend yourself. Yeah, there's that. Because if you're in boxing and you don't have good head movement or somebody's just beating the shit out of you, you're probably going to get knocked out, right? Right. You're going to, there's no inevitable, like you can't, you can't wrap them up right? R- except for like 2 or 3 seconds right. and they're going to break you. In MMA, if someone's better than me at striking, I can grab you and then I can hold you and then I can take you down. So yeah. it's like I have more ways to slow that fight down and actually protect myself as sure. opposed to just like having to eat shots if you're not that good or if you get too tired. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. There's I mean
1: there's so much. It's a more complex game Far which more. it seems man, it's and there's there's people that are going to make it make me eat my words. Like that, uh, who's that guy who just beat Silva?
0: I don't know his name. I don't even follow sports anymore. Oh, okay. Somebody's like, "You gonna watch that fight?" I'm like, "What fight, dude?" He's yeah. Like, he's like, "I'm ashamed of you, Adam." It was, uh, it was pretty impressive. <laughs> That's what I heard. I probably go back and look at it on like MMA I would recommend or checking it out. Yeah, it's like it's like a young dude who I think he has uh-huh. like a karate style. Is he like a ninja? He calls himself a ninja or some shit. I don't know. I don't know, but I call bullshit because he beat Anderson Silva basically at uh, kickboxing. Is that what he did? Oh, yeah. And he beat an old Anderson Silva.
1: True. It's not But impressive. hold on, hold on, hold on. Anderson Silva also I like I don't know maybe I should point this out maybe not but Anderson Silva got caught doing steroids repeatedly right and so now they're cracking down on guys especially guys like once you get caught they're more likely to test you again yeah and so keep that in mind that he's not able to get away with juicing right now and that's something that I think is really going to shut your game down if you're used to competing on that and then you take that off and there are lots of people are going to say like he wasn't doing that or whatever but he got I think like tested positive
0: twice yeah everybody was doing it at one point i right. mean trt was so prevalent well, it was legal at one point right yeah, just abso- recently absolutely absolutely it was 100 percent legal and well it's yeah just not you saw it, just they just completely cracked down on that good i think that's you know that sucks because that's
1: another thing you know back when i compete when i when i competed there was uh no testing at all and you could like for someone even to test positive for steroids in UFC, it never happened. In MMA never happened. And um, Pride never happened. There were guys that were complaining because they test positive. I was with uh, King of the Cage. And there were guys complaining they got suspended because of uh, cold medication, literal cold medication, which is the most common uh, drug to, for MMA fighters to test positive for. Did you know that? I did not know that was the most common, but it makes sense. Uh, cold medication is number one. Uh, I think weeds number two because
0: that's in your system so much longer, and then I think third one I think is cocaine. Huh? Well, they changed the parameters on marijuana. Like, you literally have to fucking smoke
1: the At day, the event.
0: Of, like, like day of. Oh wow, that's yeah, good. Yeah, to actually fail. Oh, okay. And yeah, if you're and if you're out of competition, there's it's non-existent. Wow. Yeah. So they've changed that, which is really nice. Yeah. But Unless
1: you're ready, smoking like you smoke every every day, uh, then you can't do it. Then one day you compete.
0: Right. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> much, dude. That's. <laughs> <laughs> then just throwing your whole game off. It really does. It really, really does, to be honest with you. Gotta um, you gotta come into the fight the way you train. That's what I'm saying, man. You fucking fight the way you train. Get comfortable. But uh yeah, man, uh Anderson Silva is definitely uh not the same guy that he used to be, right. but I mean that's just age and yeah, whatever. Whatever it is. Yeah. Dude, you had a pretty sick trip to uh to Thailand. How yeah. how long ago was that? Uh that was November on uh, Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, yeah, so that was super recent.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Tell me uh, about it. So back to what we were talking about, okay. about setting up events, setting up things to train for. Yeah. Um, w- I set up an event on Thanksgiving. I set it up, uh, I guess that was about March. So on in March, we got the tickets going, and then um, we had this trip going to Thailand, right? So yeah. going to Bangkok, Thailand. And um, we set the trip up. We get the uh, – like a day before the trip, I reach out to Boon Sport um, – Talked to CEO Scott Marr, and I was like, hey, man, I was like, I'm coming over here to to go train at these different gyms, right? Now, keep in mind at this time, at this moment, I didn't have any idea of what gyms exactly we were going to train at. But I also have, uh, for those of you who don't follow me on Instagram, I put out sick videos and put out crazy stuff, um, you know, all the time. So I always try to step up, put out, you know, real dope, entertaining videos that are funny or motivating or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so I reached out to him the day before and I was like, Hey man, I'm going to be in Bangkok and I'm really interested in shooting some videos Bangkok. for you guys. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, I told them that this is the day before. And I was like, Hey, the first day we're back, I'd love to stop by and check out your headquarters and go check out uh boon sport, check out all your Gear." Yeah. So we went in, we got to be behind the scenes look. And I was like, Hey man, we're going to these different gyms. I want to shoot videos for you guys. If you want all I'll do is I'll put your logos on the videos and then I will, um, shoot the whole videos as if it's your video you know which i was going to shoot videos anyways right might as well so might as well get somebody to benefit from it so um, he he looked at a couple of my videos and he agreed and uh, sponsored our trip so then we got the biggest thing that was the biggest help from him was that he gave us a list of the top the top gyms in in Bangkok Oh, shit. So he sponsored the whole trip, so... No, I don't mean, like, he paid for everything. He, like, sponsored our gear. Oh, okay. And set up the connect to to all the gyms. Nice. So these gyms, like, they're not gyms that I would have been able to just call and schedule something. Like, you kind of have to know someone. 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of them are open and some of them are, like, real closed off. But the uh, gyms we went to... Uh, we are just phenomenal. We got to train with uh, a lot of good guys. We got to train over at uh, Adachai Fair Techs, Adachai, what up? Got to train with Adachai World Champion Muay Thai.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, got to train over at Sitman Chai. Okay. Um, bunch of pro fighters over there. That was a really awesome experience because that was something, you know, it's like in Bangkok, um, A lot of guys, because the gyms are right in the area, guys will just kind of float in and out. And so people that are on vacation will stop in for, like, a day or two or something or, like, stop in for, like, a a one week or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, But at Sitman Chai, because it's out, it's isolated. It's, like, out in the jungle. You don't have random people just stopping in for a week. Yeah. So most of the guys there, they're all guys that have been – they, like, planned it out ahead of time. They planned out to be there for, like, a month straight. And it's awesome because you're isolated – um, there's like you know basic commodities around. Like there's a grocery store and some like basic restaurants. Yeah. But overall, you're pretty much isolated from everything else. You're like out in the middle of this, uh, I guess like you know just Thai, Thai area where there's like jungle and farmland and yeah. Um, so. Everybody, it was a, such a great experience because all the guys are such high-level fighters, athletes. Yeah. That when, um, you know, you're training, it's like all of them are top-notch and mm-hmm. top-level, and there's usually like 16 guys there plus coaches. And, and they're all like five-five, 130 pounds. <laughs> yeah, right. They're, uh, I was definitely the biggest guy there. Uh, their next largest guy, I think, was at, I'd have to guess and say 185 to 200. Yeah, which is huge by that's, Thai standards. Yeah, yeah, that's rare. By U.S. There.
0: standards, though, is not really that big. Yeah, it's pretty common over here. Right. But over there, I mean, they're they're all small people, right? For right. The most. But they're fucking savages. Like oh, they yeah. live fighting. Agreed. All the time.
1: Yeah, and so they're um, smoking cigarettes, putting it out, going to fight and fighting, doing shots, drinking, doing yeah. Coke. Um, yeah. So it's it's a totally different mindset over there, and the the guys are such higher level. Um. That going over there, and I, like, wasn't expecting to learn a lot, but I still learned a ton of, like, minor nuances on what their styles are and how, why they do certain things. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, another thing is tough is just having people that can hold pads for me is tough being a bigger guy. A lot of mm-hmm. people don't want to hold for a bigger guy because it's so, you know, it's a lot to handle, yeah. even with the pads. Dude, yeah. Um, but the guys over there, I mean, they had no problem, and it was great. Every gym I went to had guys that could hold pads, and it was phenomenal experience. Got to go to uh, Eminent Air. Um, yeah, if you want, check out my YouTube. I've got all those videos up on my YouTube page. You can check those out. But yep. the three gyms, four gyms that I would recommend um, going to see are um, Rebel, Rebel Boxing. Uh, I believe that's the name of it, Rebels Boxing. So that's one. Uh, the other one is Eminent Air. That was a ridiculous gym. The other one is uh, Adachi Fairtex, which was phenomenal. Yep. You got uh, you know, Adachi has an awesome job over there. And that one's like off isolated by like a pond. Yeah.
0: I think a lot of people kind of heard about Fairtex, right? Yeah, yeah. They make good equipment.
1: Sure, yeah. Everyone's heard of Fairtex. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is the Sitman Chai Gym, which is like I said, out yeah. in the middle
0: of nowhere. Is there a Yokal Gym out there? Oh, what Yo-Cow. Are you yeah. familiar with that there brand? There are. Yeah, yep. I use their uh, their boxing gloves and their shin shin guards and their. How good. do you like their gear? I love it. Yeah. Yeah, we. Um, we So I started using their gear in, I think, 2011 or 2012. Uh-huh. And um, this is before you could, like, really easily get it in the yeah. U.S. Like, we had to put together, like, a large order from the team. Right. And they had to, it was we had to contact them directly and yeah. have them ship it over to us. Did you get a
1: discount by doing a large order?
0: Um, I think so. I didn't put it together myself. I think we probably got a little bit of a discount. But okay. if anything, we might not have. Um, okay. I just remember it, it just took forever, right, because they hand make everything. It's right. all leather. Yeah. And uh, I, I thought it was pretty cool because they, they put a stamp on there to tell you, like, the year that they make it. Oh, yeah. So, you like, you always know when they made it. It's pretty cool. But, dude, it's, I won't use probably anything else, to be honest with you. Oh, wow. I, I love their gloves. I love their shin guards. Their shin guards, they have, like, an extra little um, area where it covers your knee, uh-huh. which is really nice. Yeah. Um, some just don't have good coverage. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, man, it's tough to find good in gear. And then, like, another thing is you find a company that has good gear, and then if they decide to stop making this high, stop focusing on the quality or whatever, yeah. then you see an immediate,
0: you know, drop. You but really do. Yeah, they start worrying about, like, profits and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that, like, Thailand, that's huge on my list, like, yeah. of places to go. Yeah, we should go. We're
1: going next year in January. So... Back to what I was saying about yeah. having something to train for. Yeah. Um, plan on going next year, January. Uh, like, around – it'll be uh, end of January, beginning of February because that's the best time to go because it's crazy hot over there. Okay. We went in November – where it's cooler, and it was still like 95 degrees and insane. Like that was the hardest, the toughest thing I did the entire time I was there was this warm up jog. It was the first thing I did. Yeah. The first activity I did was so difficult because of the way the heat was, and it was a warm up jog.
0: Oh, okay. And
1: once I got through that, I was fine. But that that was so hard for
0: I guess mentally. But how much are flights to get over there?
1: Um, I looked, and flights run from 880 if you get them ahead of time, to uh, I think like 1600.
0: You know? Okay. Yeah. So with some uh, some planning, you can you can make it fairly. You can
1: good. make it over there, train and um, back. I think
0: around you could do it for like twelve, thirteen hundred total. Yeah, that's not bad at all. I have a buddy who's going to Thailand here in two weeks. He's gonna go and train for a couple weeks, and, oh, and nice. then uh, as soon as he gets back, he has a fight. pretty yeah. Soon after that. Um, did you drink any of the happy tea while you're over there? Are you familiar with this happy tea? Yeah. So I've never experienced this. I was listening to um, I think the On It podcast. It's not yeah. called that anymore. Called King. Are you familiar with Kyle Kingsbury? Yeah. He uh, he was talking about how he was over there training and people just kept asking him like if he wanted the happy tea and he said no. And then later on he found out it's like psilocybin tea. Oh, really? Yeah. So like shrooms and no. they just steep it into. tea. I wish they would have told me about the happy tea. Yeah. I don't know. I've never. I wanted. He could have been full of shit, but. I don't know.
1: It's well, um, I don't know about mushrooms, but like I know drugs in general, like weed, they are um crazy strict about it. Like I think yeah. you get fifteen
0: years jail time if you get caught with weed. That part of the world is really weird about drugs, right? Because they're all fucking gambling addicts. Right. And um so are you familiar with Kratom? The plant yeah. Kratom. So yeah. it grows in Southeast Asia, right? Yeah. Okay. And it's, it's it's illegal in Thailand, right? It's illegal over there. Yeah. And it's because so many people have effectively used that to kick synthetic opioids and like heroin and different shit like that, that they made it illegal because it was cutting into the opioid trade. Oh wow. Yeah, you want to talk about corruption. It is dude. corrupt. Yeah, yeah,
1: dude. Yeah, like every every um every bar over there is and I every bar that i saw it seemed like it had like ladies of night out front and i they could have just been ladies but they really seemed yeah, to be many, putting out that vibe yeah What's that?
0: i would say how many lady boys did you did you hang out with oh i didn't hang out all right so first the first night
1: first night the safe place bro be yeah on. yeah oh, I'll, tell, I'll tell you everything <laughs> so first night uh we're at uh, eminent air and we're you know we're kickboxing training and at the the end of the practice we end up running one of the guys like a block over this dude Sean and I was like hey Sean I really want to check out Bangkok you gotta like you gotta take us to a badass club right because I'm thinking this If we go to some big, huge international club in Bangkok, Thailand, there's got to be a lot of super smart people that speak, like, multiple languages, and they're super smart. They're probably awesome people. There's got to be some of the coolest people in the entire planet in this area because it's so, um, in my opinion, like, it's kind of a hub. Yeah. You know, a lot of people travel through there, apparently. Absolutely. I mean, who doesn't want to go to
0: Thailand, Bangkok specifically?
1: Yeah. um, So – I tell him, I'm like, hey, I want to go to a real club. And he's like, dude, I got just the, I got the perfect club for you. And so we go to, uh, what's the name of the district? Cow- uh, Soy Cowboy. Okay. So Soy Cowboy is the party district. And we go there and he's like, we've got to go to this bar, Crazy House. And uh, I was like, Crazy House sounds awesome because it sounds crazy and it sounds like a house. And those are two things I like to put together. I love both those things. Right. <laughs> So uh, we go to Crazy House, and, uh, and they pay, you pay up front for a drink. So you get a drink before you even walk in. You pay for it, and you you go inside. And I told them specifically before we went, I was like, look, man, I just want to go to a normal club, like a cool club. And I said specifically, not a brothel. I don't want to go to a brothel. I want to go a real club, right? Yeah. I understand there's going to be prostitutes at every club we go to, but I want to go to a real, real club. Yeah. So we walk in a Crazy House, and Crazy House is literally – wall-to-wall prostitutes like you cannot move without bumping into a prostitute so as far as not going a brothel goes he did like the exact opposite of what I asked (laughs) so there were so many prostitutes that I could not even move um and so I went in and I don't I don't drink so I sat down I got like a diet coke and I'm sitting down drinking my diet coke and you've got you know girls coming up and they're propositioning you and they're like you know they're they're very forward about it
0: oh
1: yeah um and I, I'm being nice, so I don't want to be rude, you know, but also at the same time, like, I'm not going to spend any money yeah. on anything other than the drink I had to buy to get in here. Plus, yeah. I don't drink, so I'm not going to be spending whatever for Coke. Right. So um – so I get, I get my drink, and then finally they pick up on the fact that I'm not buying girls and I'm not drinking. And so then I, got, I pretty much got kicked out. Yeah, kicked out. I got kicked out of the hooker house. Dude, you're, where else. you're fucking ruining the vibe. Right, totally ruin it for everybody else. Yeah, so um, I get the boot, and the next night I was like, oh, man, it, you know, this is, I, I can't ask him to go to another club because you know, mm-hmm. cause he's just going to take me to another brothel. And I was like, man, I'll, uh, I'll just tell him to take me since he already you know, did, couldn't get that one. I'll just tell him to go to take me some weird stuff, and then that'll be it. yeah. So I was like, "Hey, man, I want to get a picture with a lady boy," and he's like, "Yeah, I know just the spot." And so <laughs> he walks me to this area, and it is like there's it's uh, it's uh, I don't know the name of it, but there's like three floors in Bangkok, right? Okay. So it's the known. There's two main that I know of lady that I know of now, lady boy spots. One is like an alley, and you walk down this alley, and then when I walk down this alley, there's like all these guys. But I mean, it's like they're lady boys, right? Yeah, nothing sketch. <laughs> nothing sketch. Just <laughs> just guys, and so. Um, that as, as you're walking down, there's all these, like, what look like attractive women. And then they're like, hey, hey, come here, cutie. Yeah. But, but it's more like, hey, me go boom, 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 me go boom, boom. And then uh, that's it. And it's like, one, get the bass out of your voice if you're trying to seduce me, because that's not how you're going to do it. Yeah. You're not going to be getting me going boom, boom. Like, uh, and then so I walk to the end, right? All these people screaming and stuff. And I'm like, man, that was actually, I should have gotten that on video. Yeah, absolutely. Right? All these, because all you can hear is the voices.
0: All these, hey, come, here. <laughs> come give me boom, boom.
1: <laughs> and was that the Cookie Monster? The fuck? Yeah. Uh, so I walk to the end and I'm getting all these cat calls. And then I'm like, all right, I'll, pre- I'll take out my phone like I'm looking for like a map or something, but yeah. really I'll be recording. And so I'm trying to look at my phone like I'm not recording it, but I am definitely recording. And I walk back and there was absolutely nothing but silence. <laughs> <laughs> like quiet nobody said anything to me and I was like dang it that didn't work so then we go to this other spot it's like three three levels and we're walking around I'm trying to I'm asking people hey will you take a picture with me and all these lady boys are like no I don't do it uh, and finally I'm walking through and this, uh, this one dude reaches out he grabs my dick right and I was like whoa 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 Hey, man, will you take a picture with me? And then (laughs) that's the guy that I got on for a picture.
0: That is awesome. I always think of uh, the movie Platoon. I think they're in Vietnam, but like the hooker walker. Oh, you're so horny. Oh, you want some sucky sucky? Is that what it was? Uh, Yeah. You you know,
1: to be honest, that's pretty accurate. Um, And they're, you know, for, for the most part, yeah, that's
0: kind of how it works. Yeah, dude, that's a wild place, dude. Yeah. That is a wild place for sure. I have a buddy who goes over there like once a year. Yeah. He has all the ins and outs yeah, yeah. of like how to travel. He's That's the key. You gotta yeah. have that guy. Yeah, he is that guy. He's yeah. Like, he like he's using all the points and oh, he's yeah. like upgrading all of his flights. Uh-huh. He's like, dude, I just flew flew business class for like two hundred dollars. Right. He said like you don't ever want to fly over there, coach, if you don't have to, because it's oh, yeah. I mean, a, if you can avoid it. Yeah, it's just, such I just a go, long flight.
1: For me personally, I don't care, I just go with whatever the cheapest is. Ditto. i yeah.
0: I will suffer. So I'm going to LA in two weeks. Okay. And um, I was hoping I could stay with my buddy, but yeah. he, he's just, like, renting a room, so he doesn't have space. Oh, okay. I'm just like, fuck, well, now I have to figure it out. I'm just going to rent a car and probably just sleep in my car for the week. Yeah, get a van. Yeah. Van or a truck. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I got to make this fucking feasible. Like. Yeah, it'll save you uh, what? How long are you going to be there? Um, Wednesday. So, I'm going Wednesday the 27th, and I'm coming home on Monday the 4th. Wednesday the 27th. So, Monday, Five days. Uh, yeah, so that'd save you, what's the hotel over there? Probably like 150 bucks easy. At least, yeah. So, probably save you like 750? Yeah. If you don't mind sleeping in a car? I don't mind it. All right. I will sacrifice whatever. I can. <laughs> or Airbnb.
1: Sometimes you can find those Airbnb rooms that might even be cheaper than a car. That is true. And then true. you don't have to worry about having a car around. So, some of those, if you guys don't already know this, if you're ever doing Airbnb and you're trying to travel around, um, you can usually, I think, Especially in bigger areas, you can get people that rent out single rooms, and the single rooms will be crazy cheap. It'll be
0: anywhere from like 30 to 70 bucks. That's true, yeah. I stayed in Airbnb one time, and I think it was like 35 bucks yeah. for the night. So it wasn't too bad. Um, but I just figured I'd probably. I, I, I asked a couple of friends, I'm like, is it better to get a rental car or is it better to Uber? Right. And uh, one guy's like, he. he uh, told me of some app I can't think of it now but it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, you can rent cars kind of on the go right and then the other guy was like uh, you probably want to get an, uh, a rental car because LA is so spread out so if you want to be able to might be mobile Uh and, and like, faster, then that's the way to go. Oh, man. But I don't know. I'm not from there. I don't know. I'm Just to me, Cali driving is, like, the worst, especially in L.A. Yeah, I don't want to do that. so
1: that particularly alone, I'd either want someone else to drive if they can or have an Uber do it.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Although I might just get a car so I can go explore, like, outside of L.A. Yeah, there's a lot of – depending on what you want to do. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to tackle that. But I have no problem just being a hobo. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I don't – Fuck it, dude. My brother's in L.A.,
1: or he would normally be if he wasn't in um, Afghanistan right now. Yeah? Yeah. He's in the military? Uh, he's He was in the military. He's an independent contractor now. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. It's not a bad transition out of the military, you know, You make crazy jack and dude, if you are, um, you know, if you don't mind that lifestyle being away like nine months out of the year, then that's definitely you can make. uh, I think the average start runs anywhere from one thirty to one sixty.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're a single guy and you like to do crazy shit, oh yeah, that's the job for you. And really, if you think about it, it's
1: probably not that crazy because I imagine that they're like, um, they they're not trying to take risks. Yeah, You know, it's not like you're in the Marine Corps where you're, like, charging the front lines. And it's not like you're in the um, Army where you're, you know, establishing a beachhead where after forces have been, like, attacked. This is, like, way, way after the fact. And most of it's, like, uh, diplomatic protection. Right. Like, transport protect stuff where you're, like, moving somebody from one point to another. And you're moving around in a $1 million, like, bulletproof. Yeah, bomb-proof. Yeah, (laughs) bomb-resistant SUV. (laughs) With gun ports on it, so yeah. it's a pretty safe. It's pretty safe bet that not much is going to happen, but it doesn't count it out.
0: Right, right. Well, either way, it's a good way to stack up a lot of money really fast. Oh
1: yeah, and you don't have. I mean, because you're just on this, and I, I just talking off what my brother told me, you're just you're there, so it's not like you're. Yeah. You're spending a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, they they probably cover all your room and board while you're over yeah, there. Yeah, and they don't want you out drinking. So. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, dude. Um. So, have you thought about competing in anything like now? Um, like as far as martial arts goes, yeah, just like maybe yeah. take like an exhibition um, or I have thought about it. The like likelihood
1: that. of it happening is like pretty slim, yeah. Um, but like you know, here's here's one thing I did think of is this: is right now, I mean, I train uh, anywhere from like two to maybe four hours a day. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, train others or train yourself. I train two two to four hours a day. Got you. So, like, I'm already doing the training side of what it would take to be, like, probably not MMA, but what you would take to be a kickboxer. You're right. You know, because mm-hmm. I think about four hours, if you're, like, a pro, I think that's about correct amount of time. In a day? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's enough. That's, that's more enough. than enough time. Yeah. That's, I mean, you think about this. You're talking about yoga. You're talking about lifting. You're talking about actual kickboxing training. You're talking yeah. about kec- technique training and speed work. Yeah. I would it's say once you put those five things, easy four hours. Yeah, easily. Yeah, maybe go for a run or something. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I have, like, I would consider doing a kickboxing match, you know, cause that's something that if I got like a percentage of ticket sales, I'd make like decent money It'd be fun to train Absolutely. for. It gives, like I said, gives you something that's set up that you're going for. Yeah. Um, but like, I just like, you know, kind of like you were talking about the, uh, I, I guess you said you're kind of over it. Yeah. I would say, I wouldn't say I'm over it. But I will say this. I love training. Like, I love training. And I love training with, like, real martial artists. Right? What I hate is I hate the guys, like you said, the guys that are having to come in to prove themselves. They're coming in to, like, you know, they're trying to be tough guys. Like, I don't think I ever had that. um, I don't know. For the most part, I don't think I had that. But – there's, um, there's an element to that. That's I think that is one of the biggest things that I hate about the MMA scene is there's so many guys that do it to be like a badass. A lot of tough guys. A lot of tough guys, and especially as you get at the beginning. As you start oh, to yeah. progress through, you start to eliminate that. Yeah. Um, then you get people, not as many people trying to be tough guys. That you just get people that might be assholes, which that happens. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but you know, most of the guys, they don't, you know, when you take that ego away, it's not, you know, there's no, it's a lot of fun. And so I love I love training. I love training with professional athletes. I love learning. I love learning from coaches. I learn, love learning from top coaches. Yeah. Um, but I don't like the having the intro, like the intro level MMA guys in. Yeah. Because most of those guys don't really know what it's like to actually be in MMA, so mm-hmm. they can't really say that they want to do it, mm-hmm. and they can't say they don't want to do it. Yeah. They're just trying it out. Yeah, they just kind of want to fight.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look cool. I saw it on TV. I, yeah. I want to try out that
1: UFC stuff I saw. And then you can tell guys that they're a fighter and whatever. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Yeah. Um, But more so – like I try to stay away from that. And even with all the kickboxing training that I do here, yeah. uh, I don't advertise that we actually do kickboxing. Yeah. Um, and I actually hide that. And then I usually advertise like cardio kickboxing, but you're learning kickboxing. So. Right, yeah. Um, so I really 100% love the training side, not as much on the competition side, but I think if I had the right offer
0: and it would have to be like uh, for a couple of grand, I would make, I'd do a kickboxing match. Okay, so why not? Uh, so what? What made you gravitate towards uh, striking as opposed to jiu-jitsu? I mean, having done judo and wrestling, that would have yeah, yeah, um, jiu-jitsu might be an easy transition. I think
1: so, and I think that jiu-jitsu is a lot of fun. But I think that um, I think the reason I graduated towards striking is because you can do cardio kickboxing, you can hit the heavy bag in the gym, and you don't seem like as aggressive. Like you go to Golds right now and go kick the heavy bags and stuff. Yeah, and that wouldn't be considered abnormal behavior. Yeah. Like they have heavy bags set up right now. There might be water bags, those wave, crappy wave bags, but they've got bags up. Yeah. Right? So you go into um, Gold's and working on the mitts, working on kick pads, working on a heavy bag would not be considered insane. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. But you going to like Gold's gym and setting up like a wrestling match or setting up a jujitsu match, like they'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. They would never allow that. Yeah. Never allow that at all. Right. Um, and so I think just the fact that I started to move more to the corporate side of the training, like, or not corporate side, I should say more of the personal training side. Yeah. Uh, and there was something, it's something that stuck. Cause here's what's funny is, uh, me and a friend of mine, right when I first started full-time in a training, we were in the, at the gym and this is at a corporate gym. It was like at a, um, uh, some, some corporate gym that I'm not going to mention, so, we're at this gym and we're, um, we're literally wrestling. So, we're wrestling in the front of the gym. Now, we're both wrestlers, and for us personally, we thought absolutely nothing because we worked there. We're, um, you know, I'm wrestling with this guy. He's a wrestler. I'm a wrestler. We had some of the same coaches. Were there mats? Uh, no mats. We're just screwing around, right? So, we're screwing around. Uh, right at that time, the district manager walks in, sees us wrestling, right, and again we're thinking absolutely nothing wrong with it because that's just something that you do if you're a wrestler. Yeah, right. Did you, did you wrestle growing up?
0: Yeah, I, I wrestled. I started as a freshman. Okay, wrestled all through high school. Yeah, went, went to Lindenwood on a wrestling scholarship.
1: Okay, so you wrestled Lindenwood. Yeah. All right. So briefly. It, real it, briefly. Well, ha, whatever. Yeah, you wrestled for for at least five years. Yes. Um, so you wrestled, and you and your wrestling buddies grabbing each other and putting each other in headlocks and throwing each other and like you know taking, doing takedowns, stuff like that. That's um, pretty general grab-assery that would just be expected if you're a wrestler. Yeah. I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of fuckery going on. Like, around. no, nobody, <laughs> nobody is uh, like, no one's sitting on the side of the mats crying, and you're like, "Hey, Jim, what happened?" And he's like, "Well, he shot a single leg on me and took me to the ground." Like, you'd be like, "Wow, you're fucking insane." Yeah, you're a pussy. Yes, that's pretty much exactly what you'd say. <laughs> and uh, so then you got this. You know, you got a guy who you know nobody would react like that. It's a normal thing just to be wrestling. Yeah. Um, so like I said, we're wrestling, and then the the district manager, he was like, "Never let me see that ever again." right mm. and it wasn't like some lengthy speech it was just that and mm. then it kind of made me think but it like that. yeah yeah it's all good but I you know and I he was somebody respected though and yeah. so I kept it I kept it you know kept the our conversation short and me just being like okay and that being it yeah it's like, oh. um, but then I really started thinking about it and just thinking about there is you know there is a double standard and there all this stuff but at the same time um that's what our our reality is so. Mm-hmm. I could try to convince everyone in the gym, which would be like uh, shifting 200 people every single time that there's a gym hour, yeah. or I can just like avoid the grappling and start focus on striking.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, it is kind of socially. Um, it's just more palatable. Yeah. Most people are real familiar with boxing, uh-huh. and you can do it anywhere. You don't Agreed. need much. You can do it out in
1: the grass. Yep. You just need. You can do it by yourself. Yeah. Whereas if you're doing like wrestling drills by yourself, people are usually. <laughs> people, yeah.
0: <you> know? <laughs> Sometimes I would go on runs whenever I was wrestling, and then I was like getting arrested. Stance, I'd be yeah. walking in my wrestling stance Praxis on the side of the
1: road. and different moves. Yeah. And yeah, sure. I mean, that's all. And to me, like, that's normal stuff. But the rest of the world would definitely not see that as normal stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that's probably the biggest factor. Um, I actually love wrestling, and I probably would prefer um, maybe, like, jujitsu competition. Uh, no, I think I'd prefer the kickboxing competition. I think that's 100. percent Just because from the simple fact that I'm able to train kickboxing like nonstop, yeah, I can train anytime I want for that, which just makes
0: more sense. Hmm. Yeah, I can dig it. I can dig it. Yeah, I mean, you can do that by yourself, like you said. Yeah. A heavy bag and some gloves, or no gloves Sprints, at all. Yeah.
1: Running, jump
0: rope, whatever. Yeah, I love it all. I love it all. I um, I've been teaching jujitsu to kids for two years now. And, yeah, it's um, huge. I've, this past year, I've been doing more and more striking. I used to teach striking. Yeah. Like, Muay Thai and stuff like that, uh-huh. and then I transitioned more into teaching jiu-jitsu, but yeah. so many parents want their kids to learn striking. Sure. I just started picking up more kid clients.
1: Yeah, um, I think, you know, if I had to pick, uh, if I had to pick three sports, like there are three sports that I would send kids to, one would probably be B, jujitsu, just because I feel like uh, there's a lot more complexity there Mm -hmm. that could be utilized in wrestling later. Oh, absolutely. And then the flexibility training along with that. Hopefully, if it's a good jujitsu program, there's a lot of flexibility training, hip opening drills and stuff like that. And then the other one is uh, taekwondo. And not for the actual development of technique. It's more for the development of cognitive function. So at a young age, that's Mm -hmm. a super important thing. Because you teach a kid at five years old how to do a roundhouse kick. Mm -hmm. By the time he's 12, unless he's been practicing it, he's not going to remember it. Yeah. You know? But you teach a kid just cognitive function. You teach them, like, athletic skill. That's something there's a development of, like, there's a a mind-body development that happens, and it's just there. Yeah. And it can be reinforced, and it can be, uh, you know, you can lose it with time. The same way you can lose how to learn a roundhouse kick. But I feel like the cognitive function, because kids just tend to be more active in sports, I just think that's the biggest benefit of the Taekwondo okay. training is actually getting them to learn how to move around. Yeah, and that explore. body awareness. Yeah. yeah. And then the other yeah. one would be like soccer because I feel like that's just a good fast twitch sport that I feel yeah. like is a low injury sport. But it's a sport that's applicable across the board. So you look oh, at yeah. like, uh, was it, Jose
0: Aldo? He's a, um, he's a soccer Some player. Some of the best athletes in the world. Dude. I, I, I always go straight to basketball whenever I think about soccer people translating well into other sports Uh like Kobe Bryant one of the Best basketball players in the world, like Steve Nash. Um, so many other basketball players I can't I'm not like a huge basketball guy. They're soccer players? They were soccer players no growing way. up, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Kobe Bryant, I think, grew up in like Europe playing soccer. Wow as a child. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, dude. So I mean just that coordination, the hand I or yeah. foot coordination. I mean, footwork is everything. Oh, yeah. It translates across every sport. Yep. Right. So yep. yeah, soccer's a good one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, I'm not so well versed in Taekwondo, but I got my uh both my kids into. Jiu-Jitsu, young especially my daughter i feel like yeah. if there's one thing like a girl should learn it's jujitsu yeah because fuck dude i mean if you're in a compromised position we're on your back mm-hmm. i mean which is a very real possibility yeah. right i mean you want to be able to learn how to you know protect yourself from there
1: oh yeah yeah i mean i think um you know i started off at judo just because i don't think they had jujitsu um it wasn't yeah it they didn't have it one um, if they did have it, it was like it was something that was not—it just wasn't prevalent. Yeah. So I start off in judo, man. But yeah, if there would have been jujitsu around, I probably would have started on jujitsu.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can dig it. I can dig it. Well, dude, we're at right about an hour, and um, I want to be respectful of your yeah, time. Yeah. Um, I just have one more question for you. Uh, when when uh when's the space force mission? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have no clue. I have been... Can you uh, talk about it? I know yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. I just want to make sure.
1: Yeah, I got... Check I out... Uh, look up Jeremy in Space Force if you want a quick laugh. So I've actually been getting, uh, you know, obviously you start on something. I've been doing lots of video projects for the last year and I've been getting better and better. And I actually just recently started working with a slam agency. They're a local marketing company. And I think they're probably one of the best known small agencies out there. Okay. Um, but they're, they're awesome. And they made one of my last videos and I'm hoping, um, that I can get them. We're working on another one right now. And then I'm hoping I get them to do more of the stupid shit that I do. Yeah. Um, just because they're so ridiculously good. And then uh, whenever they're doing stuff, I always try and learn from whatever I can from it, from Michael Johnson. But, yeah, so you will be getting, hopefully, a lot more um, Space Force and all types of weird videos. And I think Steve Carell is actually coming out with a Space Force is he? Uh, TV series. So Space Force, the TV show, is okay. right around the corner.
0: Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, dude, your, uh, your social is just so entertaining. You, dude, you, you got
1: to keep it. You know, here's the thing is this. I seen guys, I've seen guys do it, and uh, somebody who does a great job of it, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Eric Cressy. He's a phenomenal uh, personal trainer and he does all types of different stuff, talks Mm -hmm. about things you would never hear from any other trainer ever, right? And he focuses 100% on just the message of training and all these different things, right? Um, I love that and all, but I feel like you're missing out the majority of the population by not making your message diverse. And I already love comedy. So for me, it's just something that comes natural. And so I think like if you can make your message, if you can spice it up with humor, then do it. And I try to blend it, you know? And that's something that I think that... I reach a lot more people yeah. just because I don't have just fitness posts. I've got all this dumb shit that I do
0: um, and that I'm working on and all these different projects, and it keeps more entertaining. Yeah, dude, well, it's very entertaining, dude. And uh, you're almost a uh, 10K followers. You get that, swi- oh, yeah, you get yeah. that swipe up feature at right. 10K, dude. There you go. Swipe What's up. the swipe up feature? Um, So, like, if you go into stories or something, uh-huh. and uh, maybe, like, you're doing affiliate marketing with okay. somebody, and it's like swipe up, and you can – It'll take you to a link. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you get that swipe up feature. Oh wow, that's yeah. cool. Yeah.
1: I'm about to have swipe up features, guys. Dude, that's the fucking goal. That's the best. That's I've, my goal.
0: I'm only I'm only like
1: 1,400 away. I'm gonna have bad. to. I'm gonna stand, go out and hand out business cards, ask people to follow me. Just hustle,
0: hustle away. I'm trying to get my swipe up. Yeah, Andy you... Frizzella just had an amazing podcast talking oh, about uh, just social marketing. Oh and, man, I gotta check that. Just out. Real realistic things that you could do for that. So yeah, I know you listen to the podcast too. I think.
1: Oh, uh, I listen to some of it. Yeah, I think I listen to more Joe Rogan. I'm a, I do. Uh, I really love what uh, Andy Frizzella is doing. Um, they do like they do so many awesome, awesome things locally, and the way they run their company. If you ever want to see a company that's really well written. Yeah. Um, from a leadership standpoint, not just from some guy at the top trying to tell you know bark orders down. Yeah. Um he literally tries to change his employees' mindset. He yeah. tries to build all the stuff to help build people up. Yeah. Um and you know, hopefully I'm not gonna be
0: an Andy Frisella, but I'm hoping to build a pretty awesome video cast podcast, which we'd love to have you on for that. I'm down dude. Awesome. Yeah, just tell me when. Yeah, dude. Andy's great. I um, I actually worked at at Superstores oh, yeah, like, yeah. two thousand nine, two thousand ten and yeah. I I interviewed with Andy. Awesome. So it was just so it's so cool to um I remember where first four was then they had like two products, I think they just released Formula One, right? And uh, and where they are today, yeah, fucking awesome. To yeah, see. the
1: guy they bought it from he told them that there's no money to be made in the supplement industry, <laughs> and then he moved over, I believe, to the um fashion industry. No. And then, um, in the meanwhile, he sold, I believe, all their all of his stores to them, and they bought out
0: those stores
1: and then um continue to grow from there.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're killing it. Yeah, it's awesome. It. Well dude, floor is yours. Um, plug your socials. If you have sponsors or anything you want to plug, dude, it's up to you. Sure. Um probably the best thing is this. If you want to see
1: lots of my crazy ass videos follow me on Instagram, follow me on Facebook. Um, I actually have a fan page on Facebook. I'm reaching that like 5,000 mark. So I usually only add people on, on Facebook that I know. Um, if you actually have some legit you want to connect with me about, feel free to message me. But uh, the easiest way to contact me, give me on Instagram, give me on Facebook. And uh, my email is jeremyfitnessmma at gmail.com or you can call me anytime, 618-670-4531. Um, other than that, you know, if you don't want awesome training stuff or like funny ass videos, like I'd be really boring. You wouldn't, I wouldn't be your cup of tea. Yeah, go to someone else. Losers. Yeah, go go to somebody else's board. Go to Eric Cressy. He's awesome. Um, but if you want entertaining stuff, make sure to follow me. Um, follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Facebook.
0: Uh, you, oh, you mentioned a YouTube channel you have, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then um,
1: we're going to be doing the videocast podcast stuff on the YouTube channel, which will be firing up pretty soon. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. So definitely follow me on YouTube if you want to see my podcast videocast stuff because I'm only going to be putting clips of that out on social media. So it's not like I'll ever put out full episodes. But if you do want to follow my vidcast, follow me on my fa- on my YouTube page at Jeremy Jenin, and that's G-E-N-I-N. Or if you are French, Jeanine yes and i'll link all of this stuff cool. are, you,
0: are you on twitter do you do twitter um
1: I, I am on twitter i don't tweet much um i just don't but i you know you can follow me on it but i'm not on it yeah that often. i don't like twitter
0: i only post through twitter like through instagram yeah um yeah.
1: you know it's better than i'm doing so maybe i should <laughs> help that and start i mean there's no sense like i told you if you're making the content you might as well put it out yeah so it's just one extra platforms. click yeah on, on it literally instagram. would take me a second longer so i, sh- I really need to start getting yeah. all right so i take that back i'm I might be on Twitter in the very nigh future. Yes. All right,
0: Jeremy. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, dude. This was fun. Yeah. All right, everybody. Till next time.
1: See you guys.